What's going on, everybody? It is Triple Crown 24 with a new episode of the Sports Card Psychology Podcast where we go inside the mind of the hobby. Today's topic is one that was suggested to me by a former guest on the show and a friend of the show, also a friend of mine, Mike of Canadian Cards on YouTube. Be sure to check out his channel. We were just uh, shooting the bull the other day, and he and I were just discussing card shows what our perception was around them, how they're being attended, all that. And he suggested that I make a video on it. And I figured I would parlay that into another video that I have recently watched. So as another post I saw on social media, and it ties into the notion that card shows are dead. I'm hearing this in a lot of places. Oh, all these shows are dead. There's, there's nobody going to these shows there. The hobby is dying. Sky is falling type of talk that we hear pretty much every week in the hobby. And I wanted to see, number one, how true is that? Are these shows actually dead? Is that a gross exaggeration? Is there a bit of truth to that? And then why are people saying this? So one of the great videos that was put out about this topic that I'm going to reference a lot today and make a lot of similar points to today is the one that you see on screen right now if you're watching over on YouTube. It is Ryan Breakout Cards video. I highly recommend checking that one out uh, to go along with this one here today. It's about eight minutes long, as you can see here. And Ryan answers this question, and he gives some ideas of why people are saying this as well. And I have to say that I agree with – I think I agree with everything he says. I can't remember anything that he said in the video that I disagree with. But here's a guy here who's traveled half the country to – see different shows and get a pulse on these shows in, in different areas of the United States is constantly getting involved with them as well and, and chatting with people who are going to other shows. So when Ryan says something, I definitely take his word for it just because he has a pulse on these card shows that very few people would have just because of his travels and his experiences that he's had. So I would love to hear in the comments down below what you think if you're watching on YouTube. Do you think that card shows are dead? How how dead are they, I guess, is the question, if you do think they are. And uh, what are some of your reasons why? What are some of the solutions to this problem? If it even is a problem, I would love to hear it down below. Or you can message me privately if you're listening on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you may get your podcasts. So this video today, I'm going to look at some of the comments down here, too, because I think that some of them do make a good point. But... Ryan, his thumbnail, I love his thumbnail for this video because it's just no in big, bold letters, white letters on a black background. And uh, yeah, that pretty much sums up my feelings too, is that no, card shows are not dead. In the hobby, we have fallen into a bad habit. And by we, I mean just collectively in general, of using hyperbole to describe the climate of the hobby. The hobby is not dead. It is not dying. Is there a decline right now? Yeah, there is a decline. I think that is more than fair to say, but that is just because the growth that we have seen really since the pandemic, but even before that was at a pace that really was not maintainable. It wasn't realistic to keep growing exponentially. And we're still correcting from that. I don't think that we have fully corrected from the peak of the hobby in terms of prices and all that in the spring of 2021, which is weird to say 18 months later with, despite how fast 
things escalated, uh, the de-escalation has been a much slower burn than I think a lot of people have expected, including myself. But it's been happening. Uh, and most prices or most uh, behaviors in the hobby will tell you that as well. So why are people saying that these shows are dead then if that is what we consider to be not true? Well, there's a few different reasons, and Ryan touches on some of them here. And I'm going to scroll down. One of the ones that seemed to be the most resonating with a lot of the commenters on this video as well was the oversaturation of shows. And this gentleman right here, Concrete Buddy, had a fantastic comment. Uh, as you can see here, when I go to my local shows, I tend to see the same vintage collectors with the same inventory of vintage cards. That discourages me from going to shows every weekend. And I got to say, I see a lot of that too. There are a lot of dealers out there where they have the same inventory and some cards that they had from the very first time I ever saw them at a show, which is not ideal. I mean, some of these cards are fantastic cards. They're lovely. Uh, but a lot of their prices are, well, they're not really motivated to sell. Even <laughs> their prices might have been a little high for March of 2021 standards, for example. So it's great that these great cards are being brought out or even these cool cards are being brought out. But how healthy is it for a show if these cards never sell and never turn over? To me, it's not all that healthy. And the reason for it is because when people go to a card show, what are they looking to do? Buy, sell, and trade. And unless there is some sort of change in what is available to buy, sell, or trade, then you're going to be in a somewhat of a gridlock, right? The, the buyers have had their chances to go in and purchase all of these cards or trade for all these cards that they've wanted to, or perhaps they're bringing cards to sell or the dealer is bringing cards to sell and price is an issue and neither side is willing to compromise on price. So the card is left in a stalemate. Well, as long as that card is there and it's taking up space, that prevents the opportunity from a new card coming in that someone may want. And yes, one card isn't going to hold up an entire show or make uh, make things stagnant, but it is something to consider. For example, if I'm only turning over 25% of my inventory from one month to another, doing a show every single month, then when you're coming up to my table, if you're someone who frequents a certain show, only 25% of what I have is really going to interest you. Maybe there is a card that I had last time that I've come down on a price that you're a little bit more tempted to go after now. But for the most part, you're really only looking at the new stuff that I have put out since the last time. And I tend to turn over inventory fairly quickly, I would say, compared to most of the other dealers that I'm set up around, or at least that is my perception. Perhaps I'm wrong. If someone has seen me at a show that, and sees me frequently, then perhaps you can answer that question better than I can. Uh, but for the most part, I feel that I'm turning over a lot of pieces of inventory fairly significantly. Uh, significant amounts over a short period of time so that I always have fresh stuff where I'm rotating in different cards that perhaps I didn't bring with me last time just to keep things interesting, to keep things fresh and to get new eyes on new cards, all that good stuff. But the problem becomes is that if you're seeing the same dealers over and over again, 
at these same shows over and over again, and there's nothing really changing. It's going to discourage people from going to the shows, and it's going to discourage the dealers because nobody's buying their same cards over and over. Now, what's the deal? Is it just because everybody wants to go there to flip and these dealers have fair prices, but no one's willing to give them what they want? Or are these dealers way overpriced and nobody is uh, willing to come to their prices? Well, it's probably a mix of both. I'm not here to tell you one way or another that it's a, a certain <laughs> that one party is solely at fault. It's probably a mix of everybody. Uh, and it's a case by case example, too. It's not always the dealers. It's not always people being cheap. It's probably a little bit of both in a lot of different cases. Or you just might have cards that aren't as liquid. That's the hot word in the hobby right now. I want things that are more liquid, cards that I can turn over. And if you don't have cards of the more popular players, it might create a bit more stagnation with your inventory. It may be a slow burn. That's typically what I'm doing with a lot of my inventory. I'm buying players that aren't necessarily the hottest names at the moment, but they are solid names. Guys who I know that eventually someone will want their stuff. It just might not be immediately. Uh, and I'm not expecting it to be immediate. I, I usually get nervous buying the rookie quarterbacks because things can go very sour very quickly. You can also, if for example, if I had bought a bunch of Jalen Hurts stuff, then perhaps I would be sitting really pretty right now. But for every Jalen Hurts, there's a Mac Jones situation where his stuff has dipped significantly or a, a Trey Lance where factors outside of their control, such as an injury, has really hurt the Trey Lance market. So Stale inventory, I think, is a huge problem uh, with this. That's one of the issues that Ryan doesn't talk about as much in this video, but that is one of the things that I have noticed and why people might think that shows are dead and because there's not as much deals going down. One of his key points, though, was the oversaturation of shows, and that is something that I do agree with. There are a lot of shows out there, uh, and also just the timing of those shows often conflict where I, I think they are detrimental in terms of their timing. So Ryan gave some examples there. I'm actually going to stop sharing my screen here, but I am going to reshare my screen. Again, I apologize for no webcam today with this map. And this will tie into my point here that I made about stale inventory because, all right, this show has a bunch of dealers that have the same stuff. What if I go to a different show? How many of these dealers are also going to be set up at this show? Will I get someone new here? I run into a lot of dealers who I see almost every single weekend. They go to a lot of the same shows that I do. Sometimes they're set up. Sometimes they're just walking around. I'm one of those guys too. And typically I would say every month I see, lately I've been seeing like a 50% turnover. So there's your regular tables that are always there half the time or half the room is compromised or comprised of those tables. Half the room is comprised of people who may be more rotational or people who are just setting up on a whim, which is cool. And I think that's nice too, because it brings in some fresh cards, some fresh faces, and it keeps things uh, more replenished and more refreshed. Whereas a dealer who's constantly set up there, that's a lot of pressure from my own experience to keep things fresh and have new cards to cycle in so that your buyers have new stuff to look at. On this map here, you will see kind of my local Midwest area. 
uh, all of the shows that I have attended since I started dealing full-time. And in fact, today, when this video comes out, will be my third year anniversary of setting up at my first card show as a dealer. So this is kind of my business's three-year anniversary. Uh, just happens to coincide with today's episode. This blue star here, I know that it's a little, uh, might be a little bit difficult to see here on YouTube, but this blue star here, that is where I am at. I am in the suburbs of Cincinnati. That is probably no surprise to anyone out there. Uh, and you'll see all the red dots that I have made on my little map here are shows that I have gone to to set up at. It also shows that I have gone to to buy. And I might be forgetting one or two on here, but this is a gist. And I'll briefly tell you what each of them are and kind of give you an idea of how often those shows occur because I think it illustrates my point. So up here, this is the very first show I ever set up at. It's the Jackson Card Show. It happens once every two months, which I think is a good timetable for a show. I don't necessarily think that they have to happen every single month, uh, but once every two months or a quarterly show, I think is a, a good balance. That's not to knock any shows that happen more frequent or less frequent. That's just, I think if I were to host a show, that's probably how I would do it. Uh, so that is the first one I set up at there. Here is the Troy show. This is a weekend show. Uh, by the way, this one's a Saturday morning show. This one goes Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Typically, Friday and Saturday are your good days. Sunday, a lot of times, this is another point that Ryan made in the video, is that a lot of dealers like to get out of Dodge early on Sunday. Uh, so you'll often see the show maybe closed down or a lot of people starting to pack up around 1 o'clock, uh, particularly during times where it is football season because that's usually when the Lions start up here in Michigan. So uh, there is that show. I've also looked at setting up at the Taylor show, which is right down here. Same format as this one. It happens once a month as well. Uh, over here, this is a show that I did near Cleveland. I forget the exact name of the city. This was, I only did this show one time, but it is a number one of those, I believe, Saturday shows. It might actually be a Sunday show. I can't remember off the top of my head, but yeah. Uh, Fort Wayne show. This is a Saturday only show. Happens once a month. I've done this show several times. Here's the national. I do have this here. Uh, the national is pretty self-explanatory. It happens once a year uh, in Chicago. It happens every other year in Chicago. So that, that's the granddaddy of them all. Um, there's also the Chicago Sports Spectacular. This one happens I think six times a year, or a, it's a quarterly show. I forget off the top of my head. I've only done it one time, but it is one that I have definitely flirted with the idea of doing it more often. So uh, the Chicago Sports Spectacular up here. I know that Bo does his show, uh, one million Cubs up and uh, up this way. Um, that's a little bit out of my range, but his show, I believe, is a monthly show. If not, it's bi-monthly. So that's another one that I have thought about making the trip for. Uh, let's move down to Indianapolis here. So uh, up here is the Fishers show and also in the Midwest Monsters. In the Midwest Monsters, there's been two of them. And that has been, at this point, a quarterly show, or at least that's how it would be if it was something that continues onward. But there's also the uh, the Fishers show here, one of the more prominent ones out here in Indy. Over here, you have the Beach Grove show. I haven't done this one in quite a while, but it's typically the first Saturday of the month, every single month. Here's the Plainfield show. It is the last Sunday of the month, and uh, this is a really good show here. I want to talk more about it in just a moment. Uh, but, yeah, 
Moving over to Southern Indiana, this is the Salem Show. It happens bi-monthly on a Saturday. Louisville Derby City Card Show here. Again, another bi-monthly show happens on a Saturday, typically your second or third Saturday of the month. There's also, again, the uh, J&J Show down in Louisville. They're the same promoters who do your uh, Fisher Show up here in the Midwest Monster. That one, uh, I believe, is a monthly show, but I could be wrong on that. Over here, Lexington, this was a one-and-done show, but there is another Lexington card show. I just have never done that one before. So uh, this one here was was a one-time thing, a, a mega show that was Friday and Saturday only. Uh, but this Lexington show, I believe, is a Saturday-only show. Richmond, again, uh, here, this one I did not too long ago, Saturday morning show, usually once a month. Come up to Florence. This is first Sunday of the month, uh, local show to me here, so... One of those, again, rare Sunday-only shows that I'm seeing. Here's the Eastgate show. This one flexes between Saturday and Sunday. Uh, most of the time it's Saturday, but recently some of the shows have been on Sunday, which is difficult because it usually happens on the same Sunday as this Florence show. And as you can see, they're very close together. So it usually uh, diverts the crowd. Here is one that is literally miles away from my office. It is the Moeller card show. Uh, in Cincinnati. Moeller sounds familiar. It's where Ken Griffey Jr. went to high school at, and also Barry Larkin. This one happens biannually. It happens during uh weekend of Thanksgiving and then also the last weekend of April. So one that doesn't happen too often, but it's a very long-running show. It has a very well-known reputation out there. Uh, perhaps one of the longest-running shows that I go to. Here's the Austin Landing show. This one is typically a Saturday show although it's not as consistent like you know exactly which weekend every single month it's going to happen. It's a relatively new show. Uh, here is the – there's also an American Legion show that happens somewhere over here where my little magnifying glass is. That's a Sunday-only show monthly. Another Sunday-only show monthly out at Fairborn. Here's the Hilliard show. It's a very large vintage show for the most part. Um, it's over at the uh, fairgrounds here, Franklin County Fairgrounds near Columbus. And that show happens on a Saturday and Sunday, uh, and it happens bi-monthly. So there's also a new show that is opening up. I think it's in Finley. I know there is a show out here in Lima. There's a show here in Piqua. So right up 75 here. I know that I've looked at shows that are in this Cleveland area before. There's a lot of them that I could put on this map. There is one out in Athens that I have looked at one time. And then all these ones down here in a uh, southern part of Kentucky and northern Tennessee as well is a lot of shows down in this area. I haven't even talked about something like Pittsburgh yet. Uh, I don't really go out to Pittsburgh too often. It is something I've potentially considered before. So, I mean, there's shows out there. There is uh, Shipshawana, which I've never been to actually up in this area as well. There are a lot of shows up here in western Michigan but these are the ones that I have personally been to. You get my point, though. There is a lot of shows. I just spent the last five minutes talking about all these shows. And one of the things you'll notice is that a lot of them overlap. Uh, and these are your, your more local shows. This doesn't include when I went to Atlantic City for the national. This doesn't include like a Cleveland national. But then even your, your more regional shows that I have been to, like Nashville. I have set up at Nashville once. I've been to the Dallas Card Show twice. I know that there is a culture collision down in Atlanta, I think it's called. I know that there is the Burbank show out in California. There's the Industry Summit in Las Vegas. There are some pretty big TriStar shows, to my knowledge, down in Houston. 
there is the a Denver show that I think is pretty prominent. I feel like there's something in like St. Louis or Kansas City that is a relatively big show. Uh, there's a lot of these regional shows. Let me just put it out there. Don't even get me started on, on all the East Coast shows. Uh, I've probably just overloaded you and you might feel overwhelmed. And if you do feel overwhelmed, well, that is the point. It's because there are just so many options out there for a lot of these shows. Uh, one of the things that I will point out, though, is that a lot of these shows are bi-monthly. And that, to me, is good for rotation. I would feel a lot more confident in my ability to set up at a show consistently every other month where I am able to restock my inventory so that enough of it has turned over where people feel like they can look at my table and they're not looking at the same old stuff they've seen over and over again. One of the things that I really like that I want to point out about one of these shows is uh, Archie, who runs the Plainfield show out here that I mentioned earlier. He does a fantastic job and he has a really great concept that he has where he has his regulars and then he leaves certain tables open for what he calls a rotation. So usually it's like once every couple of months you can be rotated in to get to be able to set up at this show. What do I like about that? Well, it keeps things fresh so that you always know that there's going to be new dealers there who you don't always see there. They kind of become somewhat of special attractions if you want to put it out that way. But they're going to be people who bring new stuff to the table or people who bring stuff from other parts of the Midwest or other parts of the country, even if you want to go that far, uh, to this local area where people can take a look at these cards here. And the fact that it's on a Sunday, it really doesn't compete with any of the other shows out there. There's not another Sunday show in Indianapolis that I am aware of. You know, maybe there might be, but uh, Plainfield kind of stands on its own in that sense. So that is one of the things that I think is really great is that Archie has that rotation set up and he's not really competing with anybody else in terms of other dealers out there or not other dealers, other promoters out there who may be having a show the same weekend. Uh, I've talked about this before, but like these two shows right here, when they happen on the same day, it dilutes the pool of dealers. So you're going to have dealers split between these two shows, and you're also going to have customers split between these two shows. So a lot of people who would normally go to both if they were on separate days now have to choose between one or the other. Do they want to go to Eastgate or do they want to go to Florence? And that to me is just bad coordination. That isn't a knock on any of the promoters. Uh, both the gentlemen I've, I've done plenty of shows with, and they're both great guys to work with, and they, they take care of their dealers. Uh, but to me, it's just it, it's frustrating as, as a dealer and as a buyer to know that, you know, I would love to go to both these shows if they were just split up over the course of different weekends. And that is the problem that I really run into of a lot of these is that there are a lot of times where four or five of these are going on all in the same weekend. But the next weekend, I won't have anything on my calendar. Like I have to scour to try to find a show to go to. So is there too many shows out there? I could argue yes, but I think that that would be resolved a bit if there was more coordination with dealers, trying to get people uh, to, to figure out which dates line up. And I understand sometimes venues are booked up and you have to do it uh, on a certain weekend. And if you're a longer running show, it might be a, a pride thing. Well, why should I have to move my show for these newer shows? I get all that. There's some fair points to a lot of that stuff, but some simple maneuvering around would go a long way with that. So that, that's another key point. Uh, Ryan mentions a few smaller points in his video as well about fatigue with these shows, with the frequency that they happen. I do agree with that. 
especially with the economy right now, that's something else he touched on is that people aren't made of money. And if you're going to one show a month and you want to spend money there, it's difficult to then justify going out and spending the same amount of money at the very next show. I think that's why there's a lot of people out there who like to trade, including myself, just because it's a very, very large ask unless you're doing this full time to constantly be buying cards like that at a show. Uh, and perhaps when there were more buyers back during the peak, it was a bit more reasonable to substantiate all their needs by having all those shows. But now it's probably a bit of overkill. Uh, even if you were to appropriately space out what shows happen on what weekends, there would probably still be too many. Uh, I, that's not saying that so-and-so needs to stop doing their show or whatever, but you maybe consolidating some of them would go a long way. Those that are monthly go to bi-monthly. Those that are bi-monthly go to quarterly. I think that might help things. Uh, last point of today's episode. I know I, I rambled a lot on that specific point. This is my friend, Eric, those back pages here. He attended the Hofstra, Hofstra easy for me to say, show last weekend. Took some pictures here, and I want to show you two pictures. All right, here's the first one. Take a look at it here. And just take a look at the attendance. All right. Get a good idea of that one. Let's look at the next one here. And I apologize if you're not watching this on YouTube, if you're listening on podcast, you don't have this visual here. But to me, this show looks a lot emptier on this second picture than it does on this first picture. And a lot of it is perception. This photo, this first photo kind of goes deeper where you can see more heads in the background. It would be more difficult to count the individual numbers of people here, but they're also taken from different areas of the show floor, which I think is key as well, because the spacing on a show floor can do wonders. So, for example, the Eastgate show that I set up at is in a hotel ballroom where if the promoter really wanted to, he could really pack them in there like sardines. I think that there would be enough demand for tables where he could do that. But the tables are very spread out. You have a lot of aisles and room to walk around. I have plenty of space behind my table to set up all my stuff, like all my storage boxes and my cart to wheel my stuff in and out. So it is not a, a crowded show, whereas a show like Hilliard, it is oftentimes elbow to elbow. And if someone has like a backpack on and you're walking down an aisle, you're going to have to squeeze, excuse me, pardon me, your way through the show aisles. Uh, and that kind of gives an idea that the show is really packed where Eastgate, I always hear, oh, the traffic is so light today. Oh, there's just not that many people here today. But a lot of that has to do with how the show is set up as well. So these larger shows, sometimes they are in these incredibly large venues to possibly accommodate for these people, but also to give the dealers enough breathing room to operate their, their uh, business for the day. And when you have all that empty space, it may seem like, Oh, well this show, the attendance is horrible because there's not all these people here. Well, that's not necessarily true. It just so happens to be that there is more space for the dealers to operate in where there's just not people invading their private space. Uh, or their personal space. So that is one of the misconceptions I do see out there a lot is that people might think a show like this one, oh, this show looks dead. But if this is the, sh the same show, I changed the picture. This picture looks a lot more fuller than this one does. Again, I apologize if you are uh, watching or not watching this on YouTube and you can't see the visual, but 
you'll have to take my word on it for that one. Uh, and then the last part about this too, is that I hear a lot of people who, if they do say, oh, the traffic is light, I do see that too. All right. There's no doubt that the attendance is down at a lot of these shows out there. Is it down significantly? I think it depends on where you go. And I think it is a month by month or a by month by month case basis for a lot of these shows where there's a lot of different factors that could be in play there where I don't think that it would be fair to directly correlate show attendance and the overall state of card shows to uh, the results of one particular show, just because there are so many variables that go into it, more variables than we have time for in today's show. But one thing that I think is worth noting is a lot of the people that are coming to these shows are coming to play. A lot of them have stuff to sell or trade. A lot of them want to buy cards there. They're not just going around window shopping. And some dealers may disagree with that because maybe they're not making as many sales. I've certainly had shows like that. But there are people there who are going to buy. I don't think that very many people go to these card shows expecting to not buy anything or hoping to not buy anything. There are a lot of people who are going there who are more motivated. And I would ask you this. Would you rather have 100 people approach your table who are just there to kind of look and maybe you can twist their arm to buy one or two things? Or would you rather have 10 people who are very interested, who are willing to spend money, who are willing to work out a bulk deal with you and make something happen? To me, I'm taking the 10 people over the 100 people because as much as I love the conversations, as much as I love the interactions and the people there, at the end of the day, my job is to sell these cards. And when you have people who are motivated there to buy, that is what is integral to the health of a show. So yes, even though quantity might be down, the quality of the buyers there, that's not to knock anyone who just goes to a show to look around. That's that's more than fine. If you want to go do that, you're more than welcome to. That's not no disrespect intended there. But ultimately, what I think dictates a, a successful show for a lot of people is just that buy-sell trade element. And if those things are happening, then it's a successful show. And at that point, does it matter as many as much as how many people are there? I think it matters to some extent, but it's not solely about the number of people who are coming through the door and solely based on the attendance. I think it's more so what is happening inside of the room that the card show is happening in. So again, I think this is a topic that has a lot of legs to it. If you want to see a part two to this to more so explore why people are saying card shows are dying, uh, I would love to do that for you, but only if you're interested. So again, if you're on YouTube, let me know your thoughts in the comments down below. Thank you again to Mike for the suggestion for this video. I'll see you back on Thursday with a new sports card psychology podcast. Until then, take care, stay safe, be kind.